Welcome to the Story of God podcast, where each episode helps everyday men and women see how they fit into the grand narrative of God's redemptive plan. Here's Ezra and Janelle. What was Pentecost all about? That's what we're looking at today. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And that's a big word, Pentecost. What does it mean? Yeah, well, we're going to answer that question. Oh, At least, great. Hopefully we will. All right. Acts chapter 2, uh, really the birthday of the early Christian church. So we're going to get into that, and it really helps us understand what the rest of Acts is all about. So Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues, as a fire, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. So Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 is a foundational passage in the New Testament because uh, it helps you understand the rest of Acts. So if you don't really understand this passage, uh, this is kind of a pivotal passage because it's in Pentecost really is kind of like the birthday of the church. Yeah, it really ushers in um, evil, the Holy Spirit, and him living in our hearts and working through his power, uh, not just by our own human abilities. You ever played the board game Pente? No. No. Okay. Well, that's actually kind of a fun game. Uh, I don't think we have it, but nope. we used to play it a lot growing up. But mm-hmm. the goal is to get five in a row, five dots in a row. So Pentecost, you know, five. Uh, but it's actually fifty days after um, after Passover. So Passover, which would celebrate uh, going back to ancient Israel, which celebrates um, the Israelites um, when the death angel passed over the uh, the Israelites that wiped blood on the doorposts and, and sides of the doors. Um, and so there's there's that, but then 50 days afterwards, um, Pentecost is really an agricultural festival where farmers offered their first sheaves of wheat to God for gratitude and, and really protection, praying God's blessing on their coming crops. So this, I mean, we always hear Pentecost in reference to the the early church, but this was already a Jewish holiday that people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. Yeah. And, but this one in particular is going to be grand. And again, it's pivotal because it's, it's changing the way that people uh, view how God is working with his people. Wow. That's awesome. Well, it is awesome. Uh, and it's very significant. So when the Israelites, it, it goes back in time. So 50 days after Passover was when Moses went to Mount Sinai and received the law of God. 
And here's what N.T. Wright, he says, Pentecost is about God giving to his redeemed people the way of life by which they must now carry out his purposes. And then one more quote I think is interesting. N.T. Wright says, when the Israelites arrived at Mount Sinai, Moses up the mountain and then came down again with the law, here Jesus has gone up into heaven in the ascension. And so Luke wants us to understand he is now coming down again, not with a written law carved in tablets of stone, but with the dynamic energy of the law designed to be written on human hearts. And so if you don't understand some of those parallels, some of this doesn't, the significance, the weight of this doesn't make sense. Here's all these people that are waiting for long periods of time that God would pour out his spirit upon his people. Prophet Joel speaks of this, which we'll get to maybe in the next section. Uh, but now all, all of this is starting to come true and they can barely believe what they're seeing. I have a confession. I was today years old when I learned that. Yeah. That's so I know I said this already, but I had never actually realized the significance of past, uh, not Passover, Pentecost from past Jewish history. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating, isn't it's it? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's so many things like that when you, uh, there's different communicators we'll talk about, well, we don't really need the Old Testament today. Uh, but when you understand a little bit of the Old Testament and its connection to the New Testament, it makes it come alive. And so, I don't know, I, I, again, to borrow something from N.T. Wright, you know, you think of going on vacation or you think of um, going somewhere and you're eagerly arriving, you know, like for our, our kids, our family, when we're traveling, we just travel to California and you're going and, and kind of one of the questions, you know, kids might ask, well, are we there yet? Are we getting close? And that's what the people of Israel have wondered for so long. Are we there yet? Are we getting close? And then now you see start, some of this starting to come to pass. And the early church is formed and we're starting to see um, the disciples witnessing and sharing the news of the gospel. And I love this passage because it shows how God can use all kinds of ways to speak to people, including using men who probably only knew a language, maybe two, but probably one, to speak to people from all over the world. Yeah. Verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So other people are understanding what they're saying. And, and some have said, well, hey, this is just a specific thing that only happens at that time. At that time, And, and I would agree this is something very specific that God is doing in, in his people. But I also um, am not, you know, to use fancy terminology, not a cessationist, basically believing that God's Holy Spirit isn't operating the same way that he did in the book of Acts today. Um, I believe God's Holy Spirit is operating, but oftentimes our limitations that we place potentially on the Holy Spirit may, might dictate a little bit whether we notice his activity or we're willing uh, for his activity to be present in our lives. Does that make sense what I'm saying, by the way? Because I don't want that to come across as confusing to people. I think so. Let me say it since I'm the teacher. Yeah, I'll you probably better say it. that correctly so, so we don't get in trouble. <laughs> so you're saying some people look at this passage and say, this is a one-time event. The Holy Spirit only works in this great miraculous way through people once. He's not that active anymore. Like he'll, he'll convict men's hearts, bring them, draw them to repentance and all that kind of right. thing, but not, not in this way, not in this manner. And so the whole idea of speaking in tongues, you know, cessationists would say, well, no, 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 that, that's not really happening today. And where I would say, I've never spoken in tongues. Um, I don't think you no. have it either. Mm -hmm. No, but different people I respect have. So what do I do with that? And for me personally, 
again, I, this is where I would say you need to have a little bit of grace here and, and say, well, hey, there are different people that I know that I greatly respect that have had this and their their life mm-hmm. have, have shared this. And so I say, well, God, this is how I've prayed. Man, I, I really would love to speak in tongues if that is your will, right? I, I'd love that. Um, but I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you first. And if you make that a reality in my life, then that's great. But mm-hmm. I want to pursue the Holy Spirit, not necessarily just um, the gifts of the Spirit. Right. And that was the point of this, too, was the Holy Spirit was using this in a very specific way to glorify God and to draw men to himself. Yeah. And that's that's the point, right? It Is all comes it, back to that. Yeah. Glorifying God, drawing men, um, spreading the good news. Yep. And well, sometimes let's just be real, turn on TV and you see some prosperity speakers that are get up on stage and say the Holy Spirit said this and this and you know, usually the Holy Spirit uh, often tells people sitting at home to give the speaker money, right? Just <laughs> it's kind of convenient how that works. Um, and so there's been so many abuses of the Holy Spirit that I think sometimes people get so uh, frustrated, jaded, and they say, well, you know what, I've had so many abuses, and so I'm just going to settle for the Holy Spirit not working in my life. When in reality, I just, that's, that's kind of maybe a sad way to live. That, that those are all really good thoughts. And I think that as we, you know, wrap up this uh, beginning of Acts chapter two, I think our main takeaway would be um, watch for ways the Holy Spirit wants to work through your life and be open to him and, um, you know, be willing to be used by him and, and just listen to his still small voice. And um, by doing that, you can put your faith into action. Thank you for listening to the Story of God podcast. For more info on this program or to access other resources that will help you turn Sunday belief into Monday action, please visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.